It is great uh, to be with you this morning, and we're going to uh, dive in right into, the, uh, we are wrapping up our sermon series this morning that we have entitled, The Blessed Life uh, When God Gets Involved in Your Finances. Next week, you won't want to miss because we are uh, going back into our series on Hebrews. Uh, we're diving right back into Hebrews, doing a verse-by-verse verse on Hebrews. You're not going to want to miss uh, next week. But this morning, um, we are going to look at a text that comes from a guy named Paul. Some of you may know him as the Apostle Paul. Some of you may know him as St. Paul. Uh, Paul, other than Jesus, is the most influential figure uh, in all of Christianity. No one besides Jesus has done more to propel the kingdom and the gospel and spread it around the world. Paul planted churches. He wrote books. He was an author. He was a speaker. Uh, he, he literally just developed first century Christianity, and, and really one of the reasons that we're all probably here today is because of, of this guy named Paul. And he's writing to a church in Corinth. So he's writing to this church in Corinth, therefore the book is called Corinthians, because it is written to the Corinthian people that lived in the city of Corinth. It was a messed up church, and I won't go into that, but... Uh, you can just thank God that you're a part of Saints Community Church and not First Assembly of Corinth, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. Let's read his words together. He says, now, friends, talking to the Corinthians, I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia, in province. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors. How many know trials will expose our true colors, right? They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. <laughs> I'll read that sentence again, just in case you didn't catch that. Kind of a rare sentence. You won't see the sentence much. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. Let's move on. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. I was there, and I saw for it myself. Paul says, I, I didn't just hear about this. I actually saw it with my own eyes. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford. So they gave more offerings than they could what? More than they could afford, pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor Christians. This was totally spontaneous, entirely their own idea, and caught us completely off guard. What explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. The other giving, everybody say the other giving. The other giving simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. That's what prompted us to ask Titus to bring the relief offering to your attention so that what was so well begun could be finished up. You do so well in so many things. You trust God. You're articulate. You're insightful. You're passionate. You love us. Now you do Now do your best in this too. I'm not trying to order you around against your will. But by bringing in the Macedonians' enthusiasm as a stimulus to your love. I love how Paul says, I'm trying to use their story as a stimulus, a starter package for your love. And, and then he goes on to say, I'm hoping to bring the best out of you. How many of you can appreciate a leader that wants to bring the best out of you? Come on. 
That's what Paul's saying. He says, you're familiar with the generosity of our master. Notice master is capitalized. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus Christ, rich as he was, he gave it. What did he give it? He gave it all away for us. In one stroke, he became poor and we became what? You're rich. You didn't know it, but you are rich. Let's pray as we talk about our core value today that we are so excited about here at Saints Community Church, and that is excelling in generosity. Excelling in generosity. Jesus, may your words come to life, and may there just be a joy that happens in this room as we think about being generous and everything you want to do, Lord, not just to us, but more importantly, what you want to do through us. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, let me ask you, what is the most annoying sound, and you don't have to answer, just think about it, ponder it in your seat, it's a rhetorical question, what is the most, one of the most annoying sounds in your life? Some people don't like nails on a chalkboard, or, or you know, other, other people don't like high-pitched screams, or whatever it is, but just get that annoying sound in your mind, and as you're thinking about your annoying sound, I want to tell you what one of the most annoying sounds to me is. One of the most annoying sounds to me is a garbage truck coming to collect garbage early in the morning when I am still in bed. Come on, somebody. How many of you think that's annoying as well? Why do they have to make those things so loud, so creaky, and why do the garbage truck guys not have any kind of caution about being quieter when I'm in bed with my precious beauty sleep. You know, you think about this garbage, it literally, when, when, uh, when it's an early morning pickup at your house, it doesn't sound like a garbage truck. It sounds like a fleet of garbage trucks, doesn't it? Like they're just coming and coming and coming. And then there's the clanging of the, you know, the, uh, the trash cans as they set them back down on the ground and all of it. And I'm just sitting in my bed or laying in my bed, and I'm just thinking to myself, go away, go away. I haven't finished my beauty sleep yet, you know. You think about that garbage truck, and and you think about the fact that really what happens is the garbage truck interrupts, interrupts something that is so precious to us, our sleep. And when you think about us talking about money, us talking about finances, resources in church, really for many of you what that sounds like is a fleet of garbage trucks interrupting your awesome, beautiful Sunday morning service. Hello? In other words, pastor, I come here to worship God, to be in his presence. I bring, we, we, dress, we get dressed as a family and, and we come into the house of God and and, and I come here to, to hear about Jesus and, and how, about his life and death and resurrection and what he can do in my life. I come here to, to try to be a better person and, and to hear a positive, emphasis on a positive message about uh, my life. And when you start bringing up money in church, Pastor, literally all I can hear is a fleet of garbage trucks. And then on top of that, it's even worse if this Sunday was the Sunday that you finally got your friend to come that you've been inviting for a year, 
And you go, no, no, pastor, no, wait to talk about this till next week. Please, I have a guest. You tell us to bring guests. You tell us to, to evangelize and to invite people. And then you talk about money when I bring my guests. Don't do that, pastor. You're stressing me out. That is how it can sound. And I want you to understand this morning that Paul is actually doing the same thing. Because when he writes this letter to the church in Corinth, it's not his first letter, it's his second letter. And in the first letter, he had a great relationship with the church. Everything was great. They loved Paul. Paul loved them. Man, everything was happy and go lucky. And, and man, they just, they, Paul's amazing and, and, and all of it. But something happened. There was a breakdown in their relationship between the first letter and the second letter. And what happened was that they had people that came through the church in Corinth, and, and they, they begin to talk bad about Paul. They begin to say things about Paul like, Maybe Paul isn't such a good guy, and maybe Paul doesn't have our best interest in mind, and maybe Paul's just after our money, and, and, and so there had been a breakdown in the relationship, and one of the main reasons that Paul writes this letter to the church in Corinth, the second letter, is because he wants to restore the relationship. He's trying to write a letter because there wasn't Twitter at the time. You couldn't handle it through Instagram Messenger or Facebook Messenger. You had to actually sit down and write a letter. And Paul's writing this restorative letter, but it doesn't make any sense because he's trying to restore the relationship, but in the middle of the letter, he brings up money. Hello? Let me just tell you this. If you and I were in a strained relationship, if we had had a breakdown in our relationship, I'm most likely not going to talk to you about money. I'm not going to just shake your hand and, and say, hey, how's it going? I know we're in a strained relationship, uh, and so, man, I just I want to I have a better relationship. By the way, you got any extra cash? But Paul decides, you know what? I'm going to risk the relationship because I want to push you to excel in generosity. And even though I, we're trying to restore our relationship, and even though I'm writing this letter, trying to communicate to you how much I love you and, and, and that I want our relationship to be better, in the middle of the letter, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to risk our relationship because this subject is that important to me. That's what Paul is saying. And the Corinthians, probably, when they heard it, it sounded like a fleet of garbage trucks as this letter was being read or or being either read uh, in person or read out loud to the entire church. Now, he, he does this in a wise way. Paul is no joke. He's, he's an intelligent guy, and he doesn't just come and say, hey, I need your money. No, 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 no. He doesn't do that. What he does is he says, hey, I want to share a story with you about another church. I want to share a story with you about another church group of Christ followers from, not from your church, but from a different church. And let me just, just raise your hands in the room if you are a competitive person by nature. Raise your hands, okay? Mine is, is like, I don't know how high I could get it, but it is, I am very competitive. So, and, and I think what Paul's kind of doing here is he's creating a little bit of healthy competition, okay? A little bit of positive peer pressure on, on the church of Corinth by by Leonard, because if I'm if I'm hearing this letter, or if I'm reading the letter, I'm going, oh yeah, well that we can do it. We we can do better than that, you know. We'll do better than that. And so, y'all aren't with me. Let's move on. All right. 
Not a lot of competitive people in the room. All right, here we go. He starts with the story, and he says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. So he's talking about Macedonia, an area where he had started not one church, but three churches in an area of Macedonia. And he's, and he's starting by saying, hey, have you heard about what's going on in Macedonia? Have you heard the story about what's happening with these churches in, in Macedonia? Man, they're really excelling in generosity. I want to I tell you what's happening in these churches. Now, what, what was happening in the churches of Macedonia? Well, the churches in Macedonia had heard about some believers in Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, people were losing their homes. They were losing their businesses. They were being ostracized. Uh, they, were, they were really, they, many of them had broken down economically. Their finances were in trouble. And they were in need of resources in Jerusalem. And the Macedonian churches are going, hey, Paul, we want to help Jerusalem. We want to help our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, the believers in Jerusalem. Will you let us help? Now, let's move on. Then it says, for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy <coughs> and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Now, I'm going to read that again one more time, and I really want you to let each word sink in. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of of generosity on their part. Let this sink in. In a severe affliction, their abundance of joy and extreme poverty overflowed in a wealth of generosity. L listen, are these people real? Hello? Are, is, are this, is this like a group of Oompa Loompas here? I mean, do these people really exist? Nobody acts like this. Nobody, nobody acts like that. Nobody's generous when they're poor. Nobody is, is, is having suffering, and then they are, find joy in generosity. Just, just let me show you the pattern in case you didn't catch it. Here's the pattern. Look at the screen. You'll, you'll see the pattern of their life. Severe affliction uh, leads to what? Abundance of joy, but then they have what? Uh, and then that leads to what? It doesn't even make any sense. They've got affliction. But there's a, a joy in their life. There's poverty that's going on. But they have a wealth of generosity. I mean, just put those two words together, poverty and wealth. There's poverty, but there's a wealth of generosity. Come on now. Some of us, let's be honest. If we don't find a parking spot at the mall, our life is ruined. Hello? I mean, you pull up and you want to get close and... And there's no parking spot. you got to park in the last row all the way out. And you're like talking to Jesus about it. Lord, I thought you loved me. thought we were close. I pray. I try to follow you. try to live a holy life. I, I even give to kingdom builders, Lord. You can't even give me a parking spot closer to the mall. Hello? Man, I don't even know if this is worth it. I don't know if following God is worth it. Listen. We can't find a parking spot, and we can lose our joy. Hello? These people have not affliction, severe affliction. Not poverty, extreme poverty. And in their poverty and in their affliction, there's a joy and a wealth of generosity that is taking place in their life. This doesn't even make any sense. Verse 4, begging us 
earnestly, Paul says, for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Look at this. They're begging. They're poor, and they're not begging for money. They're begging to give money. They're saying, Paul, please let us help. Please, please, Paul, we want to be a part of the solution. We want to help these believers. Will you please let us help, Paul? And I imagine Paul going, well, okay, if you really want to. I mean, they're begging to help. Sometimes we need three sappy videos, and, and then we go, well, I maybe. I think we can maybe rearrange our finances a little bit. Let me, show me one more video. Show me one more video. They're, they hear the need, boom, they're jumping in, begging to help. There's three principles about generosity that I want to talk about in the next eight to ten minutes from this text. Look, listen to verse three. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and, what's that word? Beyond their means of their own accord. So they gave according to their means and beyond their means of their own accord. If you're taking notes, write this down. Principle number one that we see from this text. Generosity is never based on what I can afford. Generosity is never based on what I can, can afford. Now, before you let your mind wander, I'm not talking about stupidity, okay? There have been abuses through the years from people that call themselves pastors. I have a hard time calling them pastors, but they call themselves pastors and leaders where they have abused people. They have told people to go into debt and to do all kinds of things so they can get bigger and better cars and build big houses and all of that. And I just have a feeling God has something to say about that when they get to heaven, if they get to heaven, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about stupidity. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about that. That's that please don't let your mind wander. That's that's not this church. Help help I want you to understand that. But then I also want you to understand that we often tend to think of generosity on what we can afford. The attitude of the Macedonians is here's what we can do. Let's step over the line of what we can do and let's do beyond what we can do. Wow. It's a different attitude than, well, if I'm looking at the budget, here's kind of what we can afford. They sacrificially gave out of their need, not out of their abundance. They gave out of their need. This is the conundrum of following Jesus, folks. Stuff doesn't make sense. Hello? This is the difference between those that are Jesus followers and those that are not Jesus followers. Is Jesus followers say, hey, we're not doing that well right now. Let's give. <laughs> what? We often tend to think of poverty and generosity as mutually exclusive, but they are not. Generosity and giving is never based on what we can afford. Affordability and generosity do not even live in the same neighborhood. Hello? They're not even cousins. They're not even distant relatives of each other. Generosity does not consult affordability. Affordability in life is like a rookie on a team. Hello? In other words, we need them on the team. We're glad they're here. 
but they're not leading the team. Hello? Affordability is like a rookie on a team. How many know the rookie on the team, when they come into the locker room, they're not leading the champ before they go out onto the field? Hello? They're not telling the team what the team should be doing. The rookie, what is the rookie's job? We're glad you're here, rookie. Now keep your mouth shut and do your job. Affordability is like a rookie on a team. In other words, listen, we're looking at affordability many times when it comes to the principle of generosity, and we're saying, hey, we're glad you're here, but here's the problem. Every time you open up your mouth, affordability, you're like a wet blanket on the faith-filled dreams that we have of being generous. Hello? Wow. Let's read on. Verses 5 through 7, this was totally spontaneous. Entirely of their own idea. It caught us completely off guard. What explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. Here's the second principle of generosity. Generosity starts by the, by the giving of oneself. In other words, our generosity doesn't start with our money. It starts by giving ourselves. So, they gave like this, they think like this, they live like this because they had first given themselves unreservedly to God. Then the next verse says this, the other giving, everybody say the other giving. The other giving simply what? Flowed. Okay, wait, the other giving, you mean there's two types of giving? Yeah, absolutely, that's what the text is telling us. There's two types of giving. There's this first type of giving that is, uh, that is giving of ourselves. In other words, when we dedicate our life to Jesus, when we say yes to God, we come to Jesus and we say, God, I'm not just saying yes to, to one area of my life. I'm giving you everything. I'm laying myself out before you, God, and saying you're the Lord, you're the king, you're the boss, you're the leader. You can have my whole life, God. It all belongs to you. My kids belong to you. My house belongs to you. My family belongs to you. My job belongs to you. My decisions belong to you. You're the Lord, the king, the master, the boss, the leader of my life. You can have it all, God. It all belongs to you. That's the first type of giving that happens. And if you've really said yes to God, that giving happens the day you surrender your life over to Jesus. That's the first type of giving. Then there's the second type of giving. Tithing. Generosity. Allowing yourself to be used as, God, as you give your resources and your finances and all of that over to the Lord. It all belongs to you, God. Therefore, the second type of giving is not that hard because the first giving was everything. Hello? Next. Let's read on, verse 9. You are familiar with the generosity of our, who? Our master. Who's our master? Jesus Christ. Our master, Jesus Christ, rich as he was, he gave it all away for us. In one stroke, he became poor, and we became what? How many have ever been on, in, in a home or in the third world, maybe on a missions trip, or somewhere, maybe even in, in America here, but you've been to a home that was not as nice as your home. Raise your hand. I, I've been to plenty of those, okay? 
home. Not as nice as, but let, let me see him. Raise him high. Okay. Yeah. Did you notice everything when, when you walked in that was different than your house? Did you notice it? I mean, you might not say it out loud, but, you know, the sink is, is not the same. The, the floor, when I've been in third world countries, the, there's, there, there's no carpet. There's no concrete. The floor is dirt, dust, rocks. You start to look at everything, all these differences. I want you to understand something. Jesus leaving heaven and coming into our world, <laughs> that's like Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos walking into my house. Only multiply it times 100. Because why? Because Jesus lived. Jesus walked. Jesus was in heaven. Heaven is so incredible. Heaven is so rich that gold is not even a big deal there. And they, In fact, they say gold isn't even a thing. You know what we're going to do? We're just going to pave the streets with gold. Gold in heaven is our concrete. Hello? And Jesus says, I'm going to leave that place and I'm going to come down to their world where they are poor and and I'm going to give not just to give up my living quarters I'm going to give up my life <laughs> so in other words the generosity of Jesus principle number three the generosity of Jesus is the model for our generosity the generosity of Jesus is the model for our generosity. In other words, it ain't hard for me to be generous because I look at my Savior and my Lord and I go after what you did and after what you left and after the fact that you were rich and you became poor. So for my life, it's easy for me to give. Hello? Awesome. He gave it all. How could I not turn around and out of gratefulness give it back to him and to help other Here's what I want to tell you this morning. Generosity should always be a part of our lives. When you hear about a need in small group, because all of you, when the, fall, when the small groups start in the fall, all of you, look this way, all of you will be in a small group in the fall. And when you're sitting in that small group and you hear about a need that somebody shares, in that small group. Your response should be, not be, here's the Christian response. Ah, oh, that's tough. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. No, sometimes, you know what, that's an easy way out, isn't it? How about, I'm going to help you. We're going to help you. We're going to pull resources together. And we're going to help you through this situation. That's the way that we live. Generosity is the way that we live. Turn to your neighbor and say, generosity is the way we live. Yeah. And if you're not a believer here in the room, you're not a Jesus follower, if you're here and you're going, I, I, I don't even know where I'm at with God. I don't know if I have a relationship with God. Here's a, a, something amazing that I want you to know. When you are generous, you are actually exhibiting part of one of the characteristics of God. Isn't that amazing? Whether or not you even believe in God. When you are generous, you're, you are 
exhibiting one of the characteristics of the nature of God because he was generous, and when we are generous, we are exhibiting his character and his nature. We need to be looking for needs everywhere. We need to be generous all the time, generous with our neighbors in our neighborhood, generous with family members, generous, 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 helping meet the needs of people. But then collectively in our church, we have an initiative that we do every year, and I want to see if you were listening during the offering. That initiative is called what? Kingdom Builders. You were listening. I'm so glad. Some of you are like, I just don't want them to do the whole thing over again. Let's just get it out there. Kingdom Builders. And again, Kingdom Builders is giving over and above the tithe. If you are not tithing yet, please, that's first. Tithe. Because, because gen, uh, Kingdom Builders is generosity. Tithe is obedience. Okay? When you tithe, that's not a, gen, oh, I'm being so generous by giving. No, you're just being obedient. Okay? And the, the tithe helps the church move forward and kingdom builders helps us bless the world and bless our city and and give tons thousands of dollars away and how many of you know it's hard to give thousands of dollars away if we can't just keep the electricity on in the church hello like wow we're giving so much money away and you know we had to shut down our building but we're still giving money away so what does that mean? Well, the tithe helps the church move forward in its regular, everyday, uh, moving forward needs. But the kingdom builders is generosity. And, and as we give, give to kingdom builders, we give to global missions projects. We give to local projects to better our community. And we give to future expansion projects at our locations to be able to reach more people. What does that mean? Does that mean that we're building new offices for the staff so they can have really plush, nice new offices? No, kingdom builders will never go so we can be more comfortable. Kingdom builders, when we're giving it for future expansion, is how can we set up our locations to reach more and more people? Hello? It's to make our guest experience better in our locations. Now, how does this work? Well, here's how it works. Okay, we have this project list, and here's what I want you to do. Everybody get out your phones. Come on, everybody, go ahead and get out your cell phone. And I want you to pull out the QR code that's in your seat pocket in front of you. Okay, pull out that QR code. And, and I want you to go ahead and put your, your, your camera of your phone over that QR code. Okay, and when you scan that, It'll say open in and whatever your web browser is, you'll open that, okay? So you'll do that. Some of you have never used this before. This is just good information for you, okay? When you scan that, there's a, a, a thing there that says Kingdom Builders, okay? There's a tab on that website that says Kingdom Builders. How many of you see it? How many of you are there? Okay, raise your hands if you see it, okay? Raise your hands if you're like, give me a second. I don't know what just happened because three people raised their hand for both of those. I don't know whether to keep moving or just give you a second. Okay. How many of you are there? You see it? Kingdom Builders. Okay, I'll wait. Put your 
camera of the phone over the QR code. When it comes up, it'll say open in, and you'll open up your web browser. When the web browser pulls up, there will be different tabs. One of those tabs is for kingdom builders. Open that up. How many of you are there? Raise your hand. Ooh, more, more. Good. Stuff's happening. We're moving. Things are taking place. This is fun. Now, here's what I want you to do, okay? You're going to follow that project list on your phone. Well, I'm, I have, I'm holding our last brochure. We're completely out of these, okay? I'm holding that up here. This is the same list. So look at these projects. Let's, let's look at what our church is going to do this year, okay? Globally, we have a thing called Speed the Light, which is how our youth, our students, give to Kingdom Builders projects. We are partnering with other churches from Louisiana to, uh, to help the Padillas buy a vehicle so they can plant new churches in the remote parts of Argentina. Is that fun? We're giving to World Serve International in, in Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa. Are living, 319 million people are living without access to clean water. We are helping provide clean water by building wells. How many of you think that's fun? We're giving people water in Africa by helping build wells. BGMC, our Boys and Girls Missionary Club, our kids' ministry, this is what they're do doing. They're giving to Adam's Place in Dhaka, Bangladesh to help young girls uh, out of poverty in, in Bangladesh. Let's keep moving. We're going to move fast. Look at Vivid Church, uh, a, a church that we're helping plant with our friends in the Kendricks in Columbia, South Carolina. Capital City Church. We are helping plant a church in Baton Rouge with leaders that were actually a part of Saints Community Church. We're giving them $5,000 and saying we want to get that church going in Baton Rouge. Isn't that fun? Okay, in Calais, Honduras, uh, there, there was a devastating hurricane in 2020, and our missionary friends, the Doubts, are building a church in a village where there was no church. Come on, y'all. We are giving to help get that building up in that village where there was no church. We are saving back money for disaster relief. Well, have you spent it yet? Nope. But how many of you know, hurricane season just started? Hello? We are giving uh, uh, to Louisiana Youth Ministries, and specifically uh, through these initiatives, this Young Ministers Institute where we're raising up future ministries. Then, then look at the local things that we're doing. We're giving to Victory Food Bank. We're giving to, and this is what I love, it's, it's not only to a food bank, it's another church. And did you know when we gave them a check last year, they said they had never had another church help them. How fun is this? Hello? It's the whole body, right? It's the whole kingdom of God. Oh, I love this. All right, let's move on. Mosaics. Mosaics is, what we, is a, a group of pastors that are learning how to build diverse churches and how to stand against racism and prejudice and to build diverse churches much like the church that we have here. We gave to help 12 pastors go through a program where they can build more diverse churches churches. It, it interlocks our excelling generosity core value and our embracing diversity core value into one. We have an emergency family fund. That is another word for benevolence. That's to help our people in our, our church. Then we're given to foster care, Crossroads NOLA, okay? And I missed, uh, I missed one of these. We, we are given to the New Orleans mission. Come on, somebody, to help the homeless and the people in our city to rebuild. And listen to this. 
Here's what I want to tell you. I have fun news. Look this way. We have friends from the New Orleans Mission and Service with us here today. Okay? Stand up, y'all. We just want to welcome them. I want everybody to see you. Yeah. These guys are amazing. God can give you that number. Whatever number he gives you is what you do. Okay? And, and, and here's how you do it. Plan, vision, dream. Everybody say that again. Say plan, vision, dream. What is a plan? Well, a plan is looking at your budget and going, okay, let's, let's pray. Let's, what can we cut? How can we maneuver this? Let's give an extra $200 a month. Let's give an extra $100 a month above our tithe to, to give to kingdom builders, to propel generosity in our church. So you make a plan. God's into plans. He makes plans. You make a plan, and, and then you, 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 you make the plan and work the plan. That's a plan. But then God sometimes will give you a vision, and a vision is like this. A vision is, listen. This wouldn't work if we just planned it. In other words, we're going to have to get creative with the vision. We're going to have to figure out how, what can we do. So we've had people sell salsa. Uh, we've had uh, people, my, my daughter had a vision to give $500 this year to Kingdom Builders through Speed the Light. And so she didn't know how she was going to get $500, but she just won a creative writing contest where they gave her $1,000. And so first thing, I said, what are you going to do with the money? She said, well, the first thing I'm doing is I'm giving $500. Uh, to to kingdom builders to, to to do my missions. That's the number God gave me. So she had a vision. In fact, you might have to sell something, or it's a creative way where you couldn't just come up with the money, but you creatively uh, figure out how to do it. So this year for my fantasy football league that we are about to dive into, that I'm about to win this year, for my fantasy football league, I'm charging everybody a little bit extra. Not because I'm getting any money, but because I am creatively, I have a vision to raise money for kingdom builders through my fantasy football league here at the church. How many of you know when missions and football to go together, it's a good life? Okay? So, or you may say, you know what? I'm going to jump into a pool to, on one of the coldest days of the year, like our youth pastors did, and they raised over $1,200, okay, for kingdom builders. Let's see this video together. Watch this. Now, y'all don't understand because it's warm now. They did this on one of the coldest days of the year, and they raised $1,200. They gave it to Speed the Light and kingdom builders. Come on, somebody. This is getting a vision. Or sometimes it's a dream. In other words, I can't, we can't do this. We can't even creatively figure out how to accomplish this. This has to be supernatural. Only God could make this happen. It has to be a supernatural dream that only God could do. This is the third stage of generosity. And I want you to watch this video and watch that this happened to somebody in our church. Watch this. Sometimes God gives us a number and it's just a dream unless he provides it. But then he provides it. Amen? How I many you know where God guides? God provides, right? And so listen, it's not equal gifts. It's equal sacrifice. It's just being obedient to whatever number he gives you as you're, you're, you're tithing and you step out and say, God, we're already tithing. What do you want us to do? And by the way, if you're married, it's always good if you and your spouse are on the same page about that number. Hello? <laughs> just helping your marriage out. Here's what I want to share with you as we get ready to close today. I want you to listen to me. This is so cool. I'm going to give you good news and bad news. Okay? Here's the bad news. When we set out at the beginning of the year and said, what's our goal? What's our goal this year for Kingdom Builders? And 
and generosity. We all sat around a table and we prayed and we thought and, and there's conservative people at that table that help people like me and and because I you know me I'm like let's give a million dollars you know let, let's go for it and and so what we landed on together as a team was we want this year our church to do eighty five thousand dollars in kingdom builders okay so here's the bad news the bad news is we realized just in our one area of future expansion projects, renovations here and in our other facility, that we needed more money than we thought we did. How many of you that are familiar with construction say, I'm not surprised? Hello? Yep. Yep. We went low. We estimated a little too low. So we're like, man, what are we going to do? Now you want the good news? The goal was $85,000. You ready for it? It's June. Everybody say June. It's a yearly goal, which means it wraps up in December. Ooh, I'm so excited. Our church has not given $85,000 to Kingdom Builders. We have given, in June, $124,000. What are we doing? Oh, well... We just did a, we just paid all those off. Hello? All those projects are going to, we're going to give to all of those projects. So what are we doing? <laughs> we're doing something that's so fun. We're going back to the drawing board. We're saying, who else can we give to? Who else can we help? What missionaries can we support? What nonprofits can we help? We're going to give, 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 give. I'm so excited. I don't even know what's going to happen. I don't know where we're going to be at by December. I don't know who else we're going to help, what projects we're going to be able to do this year. I'm just excited about being a part of a community that begs to be generous. 